Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports on a busy Tuesday. A lot coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here this morning. We're going to start in about 25 minutes with our friend Jeff Hughes, who covers the Bears for DeBearsBlog.com. DeBears fall last night. Uh, they were beaten soundly last night by the Los Angeles Rams as the Bears now fall back uh, with the Green Bay Packers atop the NFC North. Uh, so we'll talk about the Bear. We'll talk about it in the first segment, but more so uh, with Jeff Hughes in about 25 minutes. 10.45, Adam Rittenberg. ESPN.com is going to help us out with a potential developing situation uh, in Madison pursuant to the Badgers and their football program and the rumors that COVID has um, stricken a number of uh, student athletes on that uh, on that team, we know that well, we don't know for sure because Wisconsin's not saying. But it seems like Mertz is out. The Mertz's backup is apparently amongst the list of players. What does that mean for those two? What does that mean for the football program? Because if they are at a positivity rate of five plus, and the rumors are nine or ten have uh, been um, diagnosed as positive, they have to shut down for a week. For a week, yeah. The team does. They play Nebraska this week. And then we get to a point down the road. What does this mean? Because Wisconsin is, from what we saw with Mertz, looks like they're going to be pretty tough to beat in the West. In the West, sure. But you're talking big picture college football playoff. And watching the game as I did late into the evening Friday night, running game's not the same. No, it's not. No, I'm not saying they're a playoff team. No, yeah. Ohio State's coming out of the Big Ten. Right. And because of that... Getting to the championship game, maybe that changes the construct, but when you're ultimately talking about getting to the playoff, Mertz was great, but the rest of the team, it was Illinois they were playing, by the no, way. No, I got you. I got you. Uh, but he still missed one pass. I mean, I, you and I could play catch in our backyard <laughs> right. and, and not complete 23 out of 24. Yeah. I, I really believe that. Uh, anyways, uh, so we'll, we'll talk to Adam Rittenberg, maybe get some clarity on what's going on, a worst-case scenario. Hopefully the uh, the rumors – and that's – I mean, Chris is not going to come out, and they're not – schools, programs are not going to tell you if it's a COVID issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not. And uh, so we'll have to speculate, and that's the best we can do. And Adam Rittenberg will help us at 1045. It is Game 6 of the World Series tonight. Matt Snyder, our friend from CBSSports.com, will join us at 1105 to talk about Game 6 and, fingers crossed, Game 7. Trent, do you know that if there is no if, – if the Dodgers win tonight, if the Dodgers win tonight – That'll be great because I have the Dodgers in six. <laughs> Well, and as I hedged my bets. Okay. So you would, it would be a little bit easier for you tomorrow night when you turn on your TV. What the game am I going to watch tonight? Uh-huh. For the first time since baseball resumed, what was it, July the 20 somethingth? There's no sports tomorrow night. If the Dodgers Nothing. win tonight, no sports for the first time since the COVID shutdown. Of course, this would be the time. Well, is there a preseason NBA game at the very least? Max's got to be playing, don't they? Sunbelt? Anybody. Nothing. Nothing. Couldn't they move the Buccaneers-Raiders game to uh, tomorrow night? 
from over yeah, the weekend. Just, just I Gruden mean, wanted that. He did. Yeah, he, he was, was not, not happy, happy that they uh, that they played. Uh, anyways, and his team got beat as well by the team that I think. And maybe we'll get some have some time for this. We got to look at the NFL as we mm-hmm. uh, lose track of the NFL with the Hawks and the Clones both playing uh, over the weekend. Is Tampa the best team in the NFC? Right now, yeah. I think so, too, right? So I wanted to ask you this, and I want to ask it to you before we do our television show tomorrow on Mediacom. You can catch that MC22 four times throughout the weekend inside the numbers. But I wanted to ask you, we do our power rankings every week of the AFC and the NFC. Uh-huh. How do you do your power rankings? Eyeball. So Not it, analytics. Is it if these teams played this weekend, who would be ranked one through yes. five? If the playoffs started today... Who would you rank one through five? Because I, I'm kind of all over the place. And yeah. I think maybe it's an explanation we need to have both on our television show and here because everybody has power rankings. But what do they mean? You know, Vinny Iyer, a friend from the Sporting News, he does them every week over there. What are you? What ultimately are you looking for? This is the team, I believe, come February or come January, say? No, this is the team that has a right here now. now because we don't know what the team's going to look like in January. So if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, the Packers are going to look different. If these teams played this weekend on a neutral site, this is how you'd rank them. Yes. That's how you do it. Yes. I will do it the same way then. we got to get on the same page with that. We because do, although we've been pretty, much the, on, we've well, been yeah. pretty accurate or, or we've mirrored each other for mm-hmm. the most part through this. Anyways, uh, so we will do that at some point. Zuba Mahente is going to be here, a friend from ESPN. Uh, we, I saw on Twitter, I think it was Kurt Holland. Uh, he writes at CycloneFanatic.com. Mm-hmm. He, t- he tweeted something over the weekend, an old sportscast. I don't know if you realize it was Zubin. I think he was more so tweeting it because it was Cyclone Highlights. <laughs> but Zubin back in his WOI days. A little more hair. A little more hair. And it looked like he's a little heavier, too. Oh, that's, really? That's how I remember him. Anyways, um, but yeah, Zubin's going to join us. We'll go around the world of sports with Zubin. But I'm really looking forward to finding, uh, getting some clarity from Adam Rittenberg on what this um, potentially is going to do for Wisconsin. Because, look, the Big Ten rules themselves, and you can find them at the Big Ten's Big Ten.org. Mm-hmm. Um, when they hit the red, teams must stop regular practice and competition for a minimum of seven days and reassess metrics until improved. So the red is... Shut down. Stop. 5% yes. of the players. 5%. So we're talking about with walk-ons, what, a roster of 125, 130 players usually... Well, it's true, but if they've got 10, mm-hmm. that would be you'd be in shut there because there's not 200 players on the team. And you said you're hearing 9, 10 is some of the numbers that's That's what being... I saw on Twitter. That's okay. the speculation from people who cover the Badgers. This isn't, this isn't Bucky Badger, uh, you know, just a Badger fan. Um but again, they don't know because Paul Christ is not going to come out and say. He was asked yesterday in the Big Ten teleconference and just refused to prov- shed any light on it. Um, I'm reading uh, right now from Madison.com, the Wisconsin State Journal, an article Patricus from Patricus or who? Oh, does he write for them? Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Uh, this is from Steve Apps. Okay. Public Health Madison in Dane County told the State Journal that 57 COVID cases are identified as being associated with Wisconsin football. 54 players, 3 staff. This dates back, though, to early June. Step further. City County Health Department reported 42 cases among players and staff on September 16th, meaning there have been 15 new cases in the past 40 days. That's what we know as of right now. So Mertz... Possibly his backup. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know Jack Cohen is out. Yep. Down your fourth teamer. Let's say Wisconsin is able to play. 
and they're, they don't have to shut down practice. They're able to play against Nebraska. How different do you view this game? Because two <laughs> thirty Saturday, Wisconsin's going to beat them by four touchdowns. Now with this, uh-huh. and they play, and they're doing it with a fourth teamer and a running game that didn't look that good. No, no, Taylor's gone. <laughs> and Nebraska looked a lot better defensively uh-huh. than anticipated, even giving up fifty-two to Ohio State. How do we view this as a winnable game for Nebraska? All of a sudden, I guess. I mean, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's got to come with a little less. Will you be real proud of that? Yes. You would be if you're if you putting that one in. I mean, of course you'll take it. Yes. But you're down to the fourth quarterback. We don't know how the fourth quarterback is. So I, I looked on ESPN.com and went to the roster. Mm-hmm. They've got five running backs, five running backs, five quarterbacks listed on the roster. Cohn is out. Mertz apparently is going to be out. Chase Wolf is number three. He is rumored amongst the positives. Then they got two guys, a kid by the name of Danny Vandenboom. He has thrown a touchdown in his career. He has. Late in the blood, his only pass of his career. All right, and he's been there for three years minimum because he's a junior. And then a kid from Iowa, from Sergeant Bluff, a big kid. Is this right? Six foot eight, Daniel Wright. You ever heard of him? No. He's a walk on, I know that. Well, there you go. So that's what. Um, it's a long I drive see. to Madison from Sergeant Bluff, too. Well, I, I guess he's walking on there. He's going to have a, might have a chance to play. Anyways, more on that. So let's get to uh, a subject that you're doing anything uh, to, you can to avoid. And I guess I would, too, if we mm-hmm. were going to recap the Broncos and the Chiefs much longer. Um, yeah, you gave us, what, three and a half minutes it yesterday? Wasn't long. They're, they're just awful. But so are your Bears, Trent. Yeah. Uh, look at the worst 5-2 and two team in NFL. No. Well, the scoring differential, they're, they're the only team that has five wins that's on the uh, that's on the negative side of scoring differential. I saw that stat. Trent, I'm not sure it's a... Man, I'm not sure that, that Trubisky would be any worse than Foles. Am I crazy to think that? Yeah, you're crazy. Statistic- Mitchell Trubisky is one of the worst quarterbacks we have seen but start so as many games. But so is this, Nick Foles at this point. Statistically, Trubisky's actually a hair better. Trubisky at least had an offensive line that was adequate. That's a good point. In front of him, and that is not the case anymore. That's true. After the Daniels injury. hurting David Montgomery, or is it? Is it a product of David Montgomery is not the NFL back that we, I think, probably hope, because he's a yeah. good story and mm-hmm. he's a local kid. Good dude. And yes, from uh, from his, he's hard, it's hard not to root for this kid. Yep. It really isn't. But you got to tell like it is, and maybe he's just not good enough to start in the NFL. Maybe he's not an, an every down back. But it, it, again, Whitehair didn't finish the game. Nope. James Daniels didn't start the game, nor will he start another game this season. You know, and Fetty was a nice story at the beginning uh-huh. of the year. He was being helped out, though, and there's a reason that Seattle didn't ask him back. He's not good. They got a defensive lineman playing left guard now. Right. <laughs> who jumped off, uh, jumped off, uh, false started at the least opportune time last night. I mean, I've got to give Nagy credit. Going for it about his own 20-yard mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Needed like six inches. Oh, by the way, Aaron Donald's on the other side of the football yeah, yeah. waiting for you. Uh, but at least he was going to. That was They'd snapped the football, but the former defensive lineman turned into left guard. Um, he couldn't hold his water. They beat the Lions in a ridiculous fashion. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got lucky at the end of the game. Kid dropped a pass. Dropped a touchdown. Yep. Giants, they jumped got out to an early again. leave and, and had to hold on for dear life. Daniel Jones was leading the Giants down the field. The Falcons game was an epic comeback. Uh-huh. Made plays, but still, you don't see that happen in the NFL. True, but unless you're playing Atlanta. And then you see that most, at least you did the first five weeks of the season, teams come back on that. Look at the Cowboys. Yeah, right. The Tampa game was fluky. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. And Carolina, they'll pick. Yeah. That's the most normal 
yeah. quote unquote win of the day. That's a typical Bears win. Yeah. They intercepted Teddy on his first throw and his last throw. Mm-hmm. And in between was a whole lot of nothing. But that was Bears. Football. And Bridgewater, if he throws it over the proper shoulder, the game probably goes the Panthers' way on the last play of the game. They have one real win, the Carolina win. Everything else that are well, you got to give them credit for the Giants. And the Giants. Okay, two. Yeah, you got to give A five and two time. team that two wins feel real. Mm-hmm. They're closer to a two and five team than they are five and two yes, teams. I even agree. what the record says that they are. I agree with you. Good news, they're probably still a playoff team. They're probably still going to get in, in the the NFC. Seven teams got to make it. Mm-hmm. They'll be part of that seven. But other than that, they're not winning a game. Yeah, they're in the right car. So they, hang on, let, let's do this. You want to spend a couple of minutes? Let's let's go through this. Okay. What, have, what have they got for? So they play. They they host the Saints this weekend. Not going to be easy. No, they go to Tennessee. That's a <laughs> loss. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go. So that would put them at what then? That five would put and four. five and four. Then they host the Vikings. They'll beat Minnesota. Uh, six, six and four at Green Bay. Six and five home to the Lions. I'll let you decide. They'll win that. Okay, seven wins. At uh, home to the Texans? They'll win that. Eight wins. Uh, at Vikingville? They always split. That'll be a loss. Eight wins. Uh, at Jags? They'll win that. Nine nine wins. Eight. What was that? That's nine. That's nine? That, then they're getting in. They still got in. the Packer game left. Yeah. And they'll take on Tampa, New Orleans. Whoever doesn't get the one seed. Green Bay. Yeah. Whoever comes, whoever the winner of the West is. They'll go out there in the opening round, and they'll get blitzed, and they'll be a seven-and-a-half-point underdog. Well, maybe, and you try to talk yourself, don't do it. Don't do it. They're going to get throttled. Mm-hmm. It'll be over. And then Matt Nagy, in three years, will have two playoff appearances, a winning percentage as a head coach, over 600. He's not good enough, Trent. I don't know how he's doing it. You can't fire the guy, right? So is, well, it, is it Ryan Pace that has to walk out the door? Yes, I think it is. Now, if Ryan Pace walks out the door and then somebody else comes in, then he can fire him. Right. Because right. that's not his And he guy. can either clean house or say, all right, we're going to give Nagy one year, mm-hmm. and he go that route. Trent, you don't have a quarterback, and this is no. from a guy that also roots for a team that I'm not sure what they have a quarterback. Anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll focus in on the Bears. Nagy. Uh, Nagy. Well, would Brian Greasy... Yeah. Uh, shared the, I don't know, was it was meant to be a private conversation. If it was, it made its way to Monday Night Football last night in a blowout, and that's when those things happen, uh, that you're going to be reaching for some content, some filler, and he decided to share that, that uh, that Foles knows that when the play is called in, uh, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. Not going to have time. Right. With that offensive line. You need a quarterback in the worst way. In the worst way. And Bears fans, I know you've heard that before, right? It's kind of like rinse and repeat. They had the graphic up. 51 quarterbacks have started. In and the... you know, since in the Super Bowl era, honestly, Trent, when I saw that last night, I thought, really? That's all? You thought it'd be more? I thought it was more. Well, it's on average one a year. Mm-hmm. And then think of, well, the Broncos went almost two decades with one guy. Well, look at the Packers. How long has the Packers <laughs> gone since, what, 91 or 90? Was it 91? Yeah, when Mikowski got, got hurt. hurt and Favre came in. Early 90s. And they've had two quarterbacks. Well, Seneca started a game, well, a couple of games with injuries. Sure. It, well, he had Hunley when Rodgers got hurt a couple of years ago. So there's always others. But think of that over the course. You're talking about four or five guys over two decades that start. Mm-hmm. The Bears are seemingly doing it every single year. Mm-hmm. And some awful quarterbacks. Stensrud. It was a kid from Canada, Henry Burris. Henry Burris. Peter Tom Willis. Oh, my God. Now we can play this game for Cade a long time. Cade McNown drafted 10 overall. Moses Moreno. Jeez. You know, I get. I was so pissed off when the Broncos 
traded Jay Cutler, I thought, oh my God, that's a huge mistake. He went to the wrong spot. He did. I'm still convinced. I mean, I, I love big arms, right? I always have. With the right circumstance, could a Jay Cutler been a top five quarterback well, for like a three, four year run in the right and not going to New England? Look, I battled Peralt every. Whenever we were talking Bears mm-hmm. on the program, because I was convinced he's a franchise top ten quarterback in the league. I look at he's got a million dollar arm. He's the best of the bunch that the Bears have had. Yeah, though. Been, uh, he's the most talented guy over the last mm-hmm. sixty years. Yeah, two guys that made Pro Bowls: Trubisky a couple years ago because of injuries, and he had a nice season statistically. You know who had a good year there and took him to a Super Bowl? <laughs> Sexy Rexy. <laughs> well, yeah, and before that, Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton, right? Well, didn't go to the Super Bowl. Didn't they go to the Super Bowl no. that year? Uh, but, he, but he led them. They that was his rookie one. year. Yeah. Yeah. That, was, that was his rookie year. They were pretty good. Um, Defense was great. Special teams were great. Orton yeah, he did enough. He did enough. He did enough. Is he, is he in Iowa, by the way, or did they, did they settle in Colorado? Yeah, no, he's, uh, I'm, I'm 90% sure he's got a place out in Altoona. Does he? Good yeah. for him. Yeah, I'm an Orton. I was always an Orton fan. I was glad when Denver, he came in the Cutler trade, right? Yeah, he did. He came in the Cutler trade. Uh, anyways. Um, I think you go back to Trubisky. You do. I think you do. <laughs> At least he can run, Trent. Yeah. I mean, the offense and run and be awful. Well, Foles can stay in the pocket and be awful. Uh, Foles is the better quarterback. You're 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 talking about a D plus quarterback and a D minus. I know, I know. But don't you? You're not going to get anything for you're not going to get for Trubisky either. No, no, not who at I, all. Who am I kidding? No, he's gone after this year. Mm-hmm. Carry the clipboard. Yep. Move on, be a backup somewhere, and yep. maybe something will will light with him. I'm not a believer in that either. Offensive line's awful. Defense is great. Mm-hmm. Defense, 10-3 at the half. The Rams dominated that first half about as big in every aspect as you can have. It's 10-3. Is this going to be another one of those stupid Bears games that they're going to yeah. find a way to win? And that's that was at least my thought at halftime. They're not the better team. They nope. shouldn't be hanging around. Nope. But the scoreboard says 10-3. And even late in that game, they're down two touchdowns after they make the score. They get the ball a couple of different times. Can't do anything with it. Not a very good football team. They're 5-2. and two. They're going to be in the playoffs. But that's about it. For yeah, them. it does seem like they're going to be in the playoffs. I agree with you. I think they're probably going to get in, but they're not going to get in for very long. No. Uh, it's just going to cost them draft position when it comes down to that. Anyways. Well, um, Ryan Pace would screw it up anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be there to do it. I'm not sure he's going to be there to make that next pick. We haven't done this. Uh, just real quick, was there any any thing that reverberated from last Friday night high school football? I mean, did any, were there any upsets? Anybody? I know there was an upset in 3A. Wasn't there? Didn't Who did Carlisle beat? Oh, yeah, they beat DCG. And Alexander were, Grimes was undefeated. Right. Yeah, and ranked, uh, I think Radio Iowa had them number one. They were in the mm-hmm. top three of basically every poll. So that was a big one. And not only did they beat them, they yeah, it wasn't them. even close. Yeah, right? it, it was an absolute woodshedding uh, that, that that Carlisle gave to to them. Um, Indianola went up to Johnston, yeah. won that game. That was uh, pretty impressive. And that was a game that, that I right? had. Yeah. yeah, We're getting into the real playoffs now. Mm-hmm. Though. Now that we're at the 16, this is... This is when it really feels real. And What's the best local game this week? I guess I should ask, where will you be this week, Trent? Well, I will be out at Southeast Polk. Ankeny Centennial will make their way there. Centennial just dominated yeah, Sioux City East. They finally got it together. Yeah, offensive line sounds like it's playing a whole lot better. That was a big question mark. Their sophomore quarterback played really well. I think he averaged like 30 yards per completion. Mm-hmm. Went seven guess of eight they won't the this weekend. Going to be a little different against Southeast Polk, but I'll be out there for that one. Ankeny's going to welcome in Cedar Falls. Not the Cedar Falls team we've seen the last couple of seasons. They're still 5-2, and two, though. That'll be interesting, though. See 
see a little uh, out-of-the-area team going up. Indianola, after that upset win, they go to Waukee. Indianola's tough. Mm-hmm. The Claire kid's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the running back and... That could be a, a, one of those slugfest type of games, you know, 2017 type of game. Where Valley and Dowling this week? How about Valley going to Urbandale? Upstead Urbandale got the 6-0 and start, lost in the last week of the regular season to Waukee, and uh, interested to see how that plays out. Valley offensive line's playing much better. Another question up front, and uh, the Tigers playing better. They went over to Council Bluffs and dominated their game. So that'll be interesting. And Dowling Catholic welcomes in Waterloo West. Waterloo West with their first playoff victory in almost 30 years. Ah, good for them. Yeah, so, uh, well, they will they will get to go to Drake right. Stadium. And here, here's the seven-time defending champion for you, Wahawks. Yeah, nice. uh, not good. Uh, any of the other classes? Uh, any the, I mean, Carlisle, who do they get for knocking off the uh, number one team radio? Do you know? Uh, yeah, they go to Harlan. So it doesn't oh, get any. Oh, yeah, well, because Bondurant just got spanked by yes. them this last week. Doesn't get any easier there in uh, Class 3A for them. So should be interesting. And uh, the whole crew will be here again for Good. Friday night, Football Friday Nights. Joe Stacy, Holtz, and everybody will be in as we play the round of 16 onto the quarterfinals next week. And then it's to the Unidome. And we'll have both 4A semifinals right here on KXNO, 4.30 and 7.30, as the Hawks will be playing Friday night. So Hawkeye fans can bounce over there. High school fans, we got you covered. Myself and Joe Stacy will bring you play-by-play of both the semifinals. Oh, that's the Minnesota game. It is. Uh, we will take a timeout. We'll be joined by Jeff Hughes. More on the Bears. I'm guessing he won't be on my... Uh, it's time to go back to Trubisky uh, take. You're going to be alone on an yeah, island. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure I am. Anyways, uh, it's time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword thanks to 200-200 right now. Your chance to win 1000 bucks. thanks to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, and at 1045, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com. Hopefully he'll provide provide us a little more clarity, be able to answer some of our uh, questions regarding Wisconsin. If the rumors are true that they do have uh, the positivity rates exceeding 5%, the whole program is supposed to shut down for at least a week. That would mean a forfeit. Um, I read the the rule of how you qualify for the championship if you have to and it's not forfeit if you can't play a couple of games. No contests. No contests. I'm more confused after trying to read it. And I was looking for the article. you got to send me that link because you were trying to explain it to me, and I couldn't find the article, and you left me more confused, too. Uh, well, let me, this is how it's written. I'm going to read it right now okay. v- verbatim, and tell, tell, tell me what I'm missing here. So this is, we'll say Wisconsin. If Wisconsin's average number of Big Ten games falls below six, comma, then teams must play no less than two fewer conference games than the average number of Big Ten games played by all teams to be considered for the championship. So obviously Nebraska would only be playing, let's just use Nebraska. Nebraska would only be playing eight games because their Wisconsin game was canceled. Seven games. Seven games. So that average number would drop down. It would drop a little bit for everybody. Yeah. So if they have to miss two weeks, then the average drops for... I don't get it. I don't think... If Wisconsin doesn't play six games, I don't think that they can play for a championship. I think the number's five. Rittenberg will help us out, though. Because I'm more confused after reading that than I am. I really am. Uh, 1025. Uh, Jeff Hughes on Dub Bears next from DubBearsBlog.com. Adam Rittenberg at 1045. The keyword is thanks. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. There's an additional fees apply. 
Murray Condon, welcome I back. I hurt myself today. <laughs> a little somber music. Sure is. Still feel Feels like we're going to a funeral uh, of the Chicago Bears. 10.30. Well, they're still playoff bound by the sounds of things, by the looks of things. If we're going to find a way to get in. Uh, 10.30, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Real quick, before Jeff Hughes from TheBearsBlog.com, game day on November the 14th. ESPN has just announced game day will be live at Augusta National. How awesome That's pretty is cool, that? right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, with the Masters taking place that weekend, that's where game day will be. Jeff Hughes is with us right here on KXNO as we recap the Bears. Uh, Jeff, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on in these disappointing times after this disappointing effort by the head coach of the Chicago Bears last night, uh, by Brian Greasy, uh, uh, letting the world know about a conversation that he had with Nick Foles. That doesn't do either the quarterback or the head coach any favors. That was alarming. I guess, Jeff, I'll just set it up for you like this. Uh, your thoughts on what you witnessed last night as the Bears fall to 5-2. and two. Well, first let me start and say that Lee Corso has to put on the Tiger head then, right? The Tiger head cover. That's got to go on. Yeah, great call. The National great in November. call. Uh, okay. Last night is the most thoroughly disappointing offensive coaching performance I have seen in the Matt Nagy era. I studied this Rams team as hard as you can. And at no point during that study did I determine the best course of action against them was to run directly at Aaron Donald. <laughs> and that seemed to be the approach last night. And I was shaking my head, but everything about that offensive game plan last night was wrong. And I do not understand why Jimmy Graham continues to be pulled in the red zone. I don't understand why Cole Komet makes two or three great plays mm-hmm. and then is pulled out of action. Uh, I don't understand why Demetrius Harris is constantly targeted when he clearly cannot catch. I don't understand why running backs are not involved in an Andy Reid disciples offensive system. It can't just be that Tariq Cohen is gone. This was a night to spread them out, to keep their pass rush on their heels, and everything Matt Nagy did last night was opposite of that. And it was not only disappointing, but I think it is the greatest indictment of this coaching staff. There is too many good offensive minds in that room for, for last night to happen. Was Foles good? No. But I, I don't want Nick Foles' offense to be him launching 50-yard bombs all game long. This should be a short passing game, low-risk uh, passes, intermediate stuff to move the ball down the field. I do not know what is happening with this offense, but if, I just think it's time that Nagy seriously consider giving up play-calling duties, let Bill Lazor call it from upstairs, Get new eyes on this thing because it's heading in the wrong direction. And it feels like they have the pieces to do that kind of passing game where you, you get it out quickly. You have Jimmy Graham and Komet had another great play there. We haven't seen a ton of him. You have receivers that are built more that way. Robinson, he's a big receiver. He's not a guy that's going to go up and, and fly on a fly route, beat you up the field. Mooney with the slot guy underneath with great speed. It feels like the pieces are there, and with an offensive line that is awful, that's what you have to do. So what's stopping them from doing that? Is it just Nagy being so stubborn more than anything? I don't know if it's stubbornness or a lack of identity and vision when it comes to scheming these games. I I, I tweeted this today. It's in my piece today on the Bears blog. What would Andy Reid do with Darnell Mooney? With that speed Mm. and that ability, how many times a game would Andy Reid get the ball to him in space and say, do something with it? We don't see any of that. We don't see the bubble screens. And by the way, 
Andy Reid perfected this when he was in Philadelphia. He, he threw the ball to run the ball. Because the Eagles back then didn't have great offensive lines. So he used Brian Westbrook, and he used the screen game that would then open up the run game later. That's what the Bears have to do. They are not going to be able to line up opposite you and pound the ball down your throats with David Montgomery. But Montgomery's good in the passing game. And somehow, that didn't make it into the game plan last night. It is a... Last night was jarring for me in a way that the previous games hadn't been, because one thing I've been saying is, Nick Foles is going to allow us to see what Matt Nagy's offense was because Trubisky couldn't run it. Well, now we see what the offense is, and it doesn't make any sense. And I think now decisions have to get made. They have to make fundamental change, or they're going to find themselves 5-5 five and five in two weeks. Mm. Yeah, I missed an opportunity. They had Mooney wide open and Foles overthrew him. I know he's under pressure, but that could have been uh, uh, obviously an important part of the football game. So let me go back to David Montgomery. And we saying this, we know the offensive line. There's there's no James Daniels. Whitehair, I don't think, finished the game last night. So there's problems on the O-line. Is David Montgomery... The guy can he be RB one? Is is he good enough to be the you know the bell cow uh, on on this on this Bears team, or does do they need to be looking elsewhere? Might Montgomery be? He's a nice secondary back, but to ask him to be the guy is asking too much. I think what what they designed for this season was a complementary system with him and Tariq Cohen. Was that Tariq Cohen would take uh, the, the the passing game aspects? some of the passing game scenarios, and that Montgomery would be sort of the, 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 the ground-and-pound guy. I think Montgomery has the ability to be an every-down back. I don't think he has elite speed. I think they could use more speed at that position. Uh, but I think he can be an every-down back. Being an every-down back in a Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy offense is supposed to mean catching five or six balls a game and, and spacing out a defense. And for some reason, that's not involved in the game plan. I hate to keep coming back to the same element here, but I just don't understand what the Bears want to do offensively when they show up at a football game. I know what they want to do defensively. I know who they want to be defensively. I do not have any clue who the Bears want to be on offense, and I don't think the quarterback knows. I don't think the head coach and play caller knows. I don't think the, 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 the skill guys know. I think they're out there, and when they have offensive success, it seems lucky. It seems by pure chance they strike gold. And I don't know how they fix this without wholesale changes. No James Daniels, white hair banged up with a calf injury, and an offensive line that has really struggled. Fetty got off to a nice start. He's turning into the guy we saw in Seattle. What can be done, if anything, on that offensive line? It's very late in the game. Trade deadline is right around the corner. Offense alignment it's are incredibly Tuesday, difficult. It's election yeah. day, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredibly difficult to find offense alignment because everybody wants mm-hmm. offensive linemen. Where do the Bears turn up front? Well, there's, there's the obvious answers right now of Quinton Spain. You could trade for Kevin Zeitler. You can make a move like that and bring in a guard. I think Sam Mustafer was pretty good last night at center. I would not be surprised if he plays center next week and Cody Whitehair slides back to guard. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of sliding these guys around. But again, we're almost at the hit the red button point when you just got to get the five best guys out there. And Zeitler and Quentin Spain would immediately improve this offensive line. But again, if you want this offensive line to play better, you've got to be less predictable as an offense. Stop running the ball on every first and ten, putting yourself in second and eight, and then making those guys go back on their heels. There are ways to coach an offensive line up. And that takes me to sort of a bigger point, which is, 
They're not coaching anybody up on this offense. Is there a single player on this offense right now who is performing better than their talent? I would say no. And that is a that is an indictment of this coaching staff. Mm. Um, and they'll be back on Monday Night Football in three weeks, so the country will get to see him. Right? Isn't the Vikings game on Monday night? Is pretty it? sure it is. I'm pretty sure it yeah. is. Um, they, some, yeah, they have a Sunday night, a Monday night. They're they're the late afternoon game Sunday. You're going to be seeing a lot of them. Uh, will we be seeing Mitchell Trubisky? I don't think so. I, I you know all the sense I get is that that's not in the cards. Listen. Foles is going to get hurt if he keeps getting hit like right. that. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's getting pounded in these games. And I give him credit because he stands in there and he takes these hits. He, he, he tries to toss it down the field. He'll take the hit. Here's what I'll say. If the offensive line is going to perform like this or they're going to call a game like this, Trubisky's running could be That's the biggest asset they have. I agree. And so I don't think they're going to go back. I don't think they're going to bring him back on the field. I don't think they're going to have a choice. I just do not see Nick Foles taking this kind of beating week in and week out and surviving. Brian Greasy last night on the broadcast mentioned Nick Foles uh, telling the ESPN crew that Nagy sends in a play call. Foles already knows it won't work because he won't have enough time after the snap. In itself, on the surface, we all can see that. Yeah, there's play calls that don't work because your offensive line sucks. But when this comes out, when a quarterback, for all intents and purposes, is calling out his offensive line and being that bad, how bad can this get? Can this be a huge issue, or is this just going to be more of a media narrative? It'll dominate airwaves in Chicago, and by Sunday, it really won't be a big deal. How do you see it? Well, what I've been seeing week in and week out is Nick Foles visibly upset on the field. I don't think he likes the speed at which the plays come in. They always feel rushed to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. They're calling timeouts when they shouldn't. They're calling delays when they shouldn't. They're getting called for delays, I should say, when they shouldn't. But also, he knows that this offensive line can't do the things that Matt Nagy thinks they could do. Again, a fundamental problem. You have to coach to your strengths. And I don't think this play caller, Matt Nagy, who I think is a terrific head coach, I just don't think he's a very good play caller. Matt Nagy doesn't understand what the Bears can't do. And until he understands what the Bears can't do, they are going to keep finding themselves in difficult situation after difficult situation. I think Foles should talk. Foles needs to be a leader. They need a quarterback who stands up for everybody around him. Everybody will get better if the play calls reflect what the offense can do. So Foles should speak up. I'd like to see Foles more involved in the calls at the line of scrimmage. I think he clearly wants to be in a hurry-up. He clearly wants to get the ball out fast. Let's see it for a few drives, and let's see what he can do at quarterback. You're right, back-to-back games, prime time. Monday night, November the 16th, as they'll host Minnesota, and then they go to Green Bay on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend to finish out our Thanksgiving four-day break. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com. Jeff, thank you. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. We appreciate what you do for us. Thank you, Jeff. All right, take care, guys. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com. As uh, we <laughs> put a bow on last night's disappointing effort by the Chicago Bears. Seven weeks in, they're 5-2. and two. I know. Win. How many games do they need to win to get that seven? Three? Can you get, we get it in eight? Do you need nine? I think you need nine. I think nine. you need nine, yeah. With the NFC West, and they're going to beat yeah. each other us, but yeah. really good teams there. There's only one coming out of the East, you know. Yep. And the South's got at least two in Panthers. They get Christian McCaffrey back. Maybe. 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 Um, do they, do they, are they going to get two? Uh, I, I'm with you. I think all the teams in the West are very much alive. South, you got Tampa for sure. New Orleans is going to be a pain. So let's say three in the West. The Eagles, Packers, 
It could. Not, there might be two coming out. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Adam Rittenberg will join us, ESPN.com. Uh, we'll try and get some clarity, work our way through, muddle our way through, hopefully get some answers on uh, this Wisconsin situation. If there are as many positives, and they are over the positivity rate of 5%, the program is supposed to uh, shut down for at least seven days. We'll find out from Adam Rittenberg, Adam Rittenberg what this means potentially uh, as we continue on here. Miller and Condon till noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 1ia.org. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel was the one that reported that the backup to Graham Mertz is also tested positive. It's nothing from the school, uh, but he's reported, uh, the paper has reported that uh, Chase Wolf also, who would have been next in line mm-hmm. uh, to follow Mertz into the game, they're both positive, so they are getting down the depth chart. I uh, got a note here from Scott Saylor over with the Iowa Cubs. You were talking about the uh, the young man from Sergeant Bluff that yes, was a walk on six foot eight, yeah, big kid. He uh, sent me a picture of him at state baseball this year, and uh, yeah, you can see. So six he, foot was, eight. he was he was he was wow, there. Yeah, how about just, that? Not too long ago. So a, he's not a redshirt freshman. He's a right out of high school freshman. Yes. <laughs> a walk-on, big dude, and uh, certainly looked at the picture here. Yeah. Uh, thanks to Scott for sending that along. But yeah. I, We've seen bad quarterback play. Remember the year that Maryland had to play their linebacker? I do, yes. When they were down to like their yes. fifth string? That's not too many years ago. No. It's, it's probably like two or three years ago. The recently. drop is precipitous when you're talking about that quarterback play down on the depth chart. Trent, it's, I don't care what level of football. It's a saying you can bring over to any level. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. And you really don't. When you're getting at that point... It doesn't feel like you have a chance. It's the most important position in all the sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, oh man, if they, if things are that brutal, that's why I said. I mean, of course you're going to take the win, but do you feel real good about it if you if you if Wisconsin yes. rolls? Oh, what are you talking about? We been, with 2020, we beat Wisconsin. We snapped that losing streak against the Badgers. We're back. Do people remember that though? No. Do you I don't remember think the so. circumstances of a game? Daniel Wright uh, last year by Sergeant Bluff Luton threw 32 touchdowns. Did he really? He did. In Class 3A, he had a big, big season uh, for for Sergeant Bluff Luton. He had just taken a look at his numbers last year. Man, big dude. What well, a walk-on. We are waiting on Adam Rittenberg. He's finishing up a call. He should be ready to join us here any minute. Look forward to speaking uh, with him to get a little clarity. Uh, the Big Ten, hey, they have sent their uh, set their protocols in place. Uh, we didn't think we would be um, having to brush up on these protocols or we would have be in a position where there would be a school uh, that has reached those thresholds. But here we are, apparently, with uh, Wisconsin and the uh, an, an outbreak. That's the fear, an outbreak within the program. And the way the Big Ten set up the schedule, as we know, they there's no wiggle room. It's start play, it's end play. No bye weeks. If you go right through it, you get through it, hopefully, uh, with uh, without a scratch or without having to uh, cancel or no contest a game. Um, 
you know, there was a lot of folks that thought, thought they should have started on the 17th, but they weren't able to do so. Uh, the 24th was the starting part. All right, doesn't sound like, well, maybe something's happening here on, on this front. Kind of feels like it. He uh, he texted me kind of a frantic text uh, right as we we're about to call him to get him on. So maybe something's going on here uh, with all this. And if there's a no contest, that's one. If Wisconsin, the nine, ten cases that because who's that after heard, them? Purdue. I know yeah. they got Purdue in this three game yes. set. I believe they yeah, are. That that's the second one. But it would just be for a game, right? If it's the if the team has the, the team, positivity, right. right? Now the quarterback is going to be. We we know Mertz is going to miss Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan. Jesus. If this isn't a false positive, that's and, true. And we still haven't heard that officially either. That's a good point, Trent. We we don't know if. Um, what that second test is, there's there's been no clarity on that. Now he would have had to take that yesterday, I would assume, uh, so that those results should be back today. So something to bear watching. All right, we're going to get Adam Rittenberg in here. In fact, he joins us. We're grateful to him for finding a few minutes for us. Adam Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thank you for coming on. Obviously, a, a situation where there's a lot of uh, questions surrounding Wisconsin. Uh, we know the rumors are out there that Mertz isn't going to be able to go as he waits his second test result, but a Apparently, maybe an outbreak within the program. Adam Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. What's the latest on Wisconsin, Adam? What have you heard? Right. Well, I mean, the expectation is still that they're going to play this week. Um, now, yeah, obviously, the I have heard similar things that have been reported by the local papers as, as to both Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf. Um, you know, I think I think Mertz, uh, you know, from what I've heard, will, will be out. Unfortunately, that that test. Uh, at least from what I was told, was uh, was confirmed, but the school hasn't said anything yet. So he he would obviously be out for a minimum of 21 days. I, I don't know about Wolf um, if, if if he if that his initial test had been confirmed yet. If, if it is, obviously Wisconsin would be down to its fourth string quarterback for the next three games, and that's just the unfortunate reality of, of COVID 19. And, and we knew this going in. You know, Paul Chris discussed it. Yesterday about um, the uh, you know that these are the policies that everybody agreed on and this is why we did them and we know that they're you're quite restrictive for athletes with confirmed tests um, but uh, it's obviously done in the in the interest of safety and so it's a really unfortunate situation um, I don't think anybody was being reckless uh, obviously the the state of Wisconsin has a pretty high positivity rate unfortunately right now and that has um, uh, that has uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, affected this program, which which really had done a good job of avoiding COVID nineteen. So, it is, um, you know, it's just it's just the reality, and uh, it's going to be a tough go here for Wisconsin with Nebraska, Purdue, and then Michigan. Three tough games coming up, most likely without their uh, their second and third string quarterback. There are some rumblings about maybe going past that number, putting Wisconsin in the red territory. You said as of now that everything appears to be a go for the game against Nebraska. What's the number, though, of players that would have to be stricken where this game would become a no contest with the Cornhuskers? Right. So it's it, you know it's, it's that that the five percent number as far as the testing uh, of, of those who te- of positive tests that come back, and then there's obviously the population positivity rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but essentially, if it's not a large outbreak, which was again the goal of this type of testing, which is going on at Iowa and everywhere else in the Big Ten with the daily antigen testing. You know, it's designed to avoid the large outbreaks. Now, what's unknown, if, if indeed both Mertz and, um, and, uh, Wolf have COVID-19 is if it's, if it's related to each other. They could have had it separately. Um, it, it does seem to make sense that it would be related because they're both quarterbacks and it would essentially be around the same time period. But 
uh, they, they could have come in contact separately with, with somebody that, that has it and that it hasn't spread throughout the roster. I mean, again, that's all we got from Paul Chris on Monday was that, you know, he, he still felt confident that the game could be played. And from, from talking to people this morning, I think there's still that confidence out there, but it's definitely something to monitor because it doesn't take much of an outbreak in terms of confirmed cases for a, a team to be shut down for, for a week or so. And so, um, that's that's definitely uh, a concern here for Wisconsin. Mm. By the way, before we go on, uh, our friend Zuba Mahente is going to join us in about a half hour. He said to say hi to you. He knew you were coming on with us here today. So. I love Z. He's he, the best, man. It's great to see all his success. And we did the the podcast for many years, mm-hmm. and then obviously Sports Center. And, and he's the, he's one of the best. And, and great to see all his. Uh, his success uh, going on there with the show. You are preaching to the choir, no doubt about that. So let's let's look ahead because I read Heather Dinich's piece from October the twenty second. Big Ten will deem any football game canceled to be a COVID nineteen no contest. I, I'm trying to figure out. So it looks like Wisconsin, after what we saw against Illinois, and I know one game maybe we're overreacting, but boy, Mertz was good. Um, they look as though they're the team to beat in the West. But what happens if there is an outbreak and say that you know that they have to miss more than that they can only play five or six games? Then I'm trying to figure out whether you get into the percentage wise is how they're going to be able to qualify to play for a championship. I read the piece. I came away more confused, Adam. I think afterwards, <laughs> after reading it. Um, what what happens if Wisconsin could only play six games? Would they still be able to qualify to play in all likelihood Ohio State? Oh, you know I'd have to go through the list of tiebreakers um, and 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 look at you know whether that's even doable. Uh, obviously, if they went undefeated, um, you know there would be a possibility. Uh, but but is there a minimum number of games that you have to play to even qualify? Because it's not really fair to punish the teams that have have gotten through the schedule. Let's say without having to cancel any games and, and maybe one of those teams has a loss and, and, and Wisconsin has, you know, three, no contests would be the, would be, or, or four, or however many they have to have, unfortunately. Um, so we, we'll get down that road if it's necessary. Hopefully we don't have to, but um, yeah, I think that was sort of the nightmare scenario here for the big 10 was a team having to cancel multiple games. And, and that, that was certainly the hope with the testing that they, the daily testing that they wouldn't have that type of situation it's probably unrealistic to expect every Big Ten team to get through every game, but I don't think anyone will going into this thought that there was uh, really a, a good chance that any team would would, uh, would 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 have to have several games wiped out or a good chunk of the season. Adam, uh, Iowa comes off uh, with a loss to Purdue in the opener. Now they get your alma mater, Northwestern. You're in Chicagoland. How excited are people over there about Pat's Cats after looking great against, which is a down Maryland team, but still looks like old Northwestern after a down year last year? Well, I think it's old Northwestern and that they they won the game because that's what they did a lot of. But I think what, what, what people are excited about is that they look so different offensively. You know, Northwestern won a lot of games, guys, between 2015 and 2018 yep. in spite of their offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really was one of the worst offenses by – most uh, advanced metrics in college football. And it was kind of amazing. You know, they, they didn't really have the incentive to make changes. Well, last year they bottomed out. The quarterback position was horrible. It was historically bad. And they, they made a change that probably should have been made uh, a number of years ago in terms of the coordinator position. And they brought in Mike Bajakian, who I just heard has gotten rave reviews um, you know, in Evanston with what he's been able to do so far. And then you obviously get a transfer quarterback, a proven quarterback, and Peyton Ramsey from Indiana 
who had started a number of games. And then the result is a really impressive showing offensively on, on Saturday, running the ball, uh, you know, moving the line of scrimmage. They have really good depth at running back. And then, you know, a quarterback who's making people better around him, you know, the receiver position hadn't been very good. Uh, but a part of that may have been the scheme because um, you, you, saw, you saw a few more plays being made from their receivers. They added a tight end in John Main, who was a graduate transfer from Florida Atlantic. He played behind the Mackey Award winner last year. So he's a pretty good player, and you saw that in the game on Saturday. And so I think that's the hope is that, you know, yeah, I mean, they, they had won there before, but they had won with offense. And now there's at least a lot more optimism that they'll be able to score points when they have to and certainly get more from the quarterback position than they did last year. We have five seconds left. Has Harbaugh found his quarterback? I think so. He's really fired up about Joe Milton. and certainly a great a great first showing against Minnesota. Good stuff, Adam Rittenberg. Thank you for popping on at short notice. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Good I'll to talk it. to you. Adam Rittenberg, ESPN.com. Baseball conversation in Zubin Mahenti in hour number two, Miller and Condon, 1460, 106.3 FM.